0: In this exhibition of the Football Museum, the Ride of passage room represents one of the saddest defeats in our national football history, the Maracanazo. I recommend that you first watch the short video in the next room and then listen to this episode afterwards. In 1950, the men's team lost the World Cup final to Uruguay in a newly inaugurated and absolutely crowded Maracanã Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. It was a day that left profound marks in passionate football fans' hearts and in Brazil as a whole. But in this story, we're going to talk about another rite of passage, one that lasted more than just one day and that left very deep marks as well. I'm talking about the four decades of the ban on women's football. Its marks are etched in Brazilian football, its society, and its culture. While the men's game increasingly grew at the time, women's football was fighting to survive in clandestine form. Important characters and events of that period were practically erased from our history. In 1950, two women's teams were organized in the city of Pelotas in Rio Grande do Sul, Corinthians Pelotense and Vila Hilda. Let's remind ourselves, this happened during the time of the official ban, the athletes played around the country and their matches always yielded good ticket sales. In 1951, a small town in the state of São Paulo called São João da Boa Vista promoted a game for the female students at a local school to raise money for their graduation. The match filled up the local stadium. Another team of teenage girls who challenged the band and called attention to themselves was Araguari Athletic Club from Minas Gerais. They needed to raise funds for their local school and suggested that the Araguari team play the charity tournament to fulfill that purpose. The sequence of games ended up leading the team to Minas Gerais' state capital, Belo Horizonte, to a match at the Independencia Stadium. Can you guess how big the crowd was on that day? 20,000 people the athletes and their managers got carried away in excitement about this Minas Gerais team's success and were feeling compelled to professionalize the sport. Some say the church pressured the club to close its doors. Others say that it was the Brazilian Sports Confederation, or CBD, that put a stop to that funny business of women playing in crowded stadiums. In 1968, 30 girls got together to raise funds for a school in Vespasiano, also in the state of Minas Gerais. The day was exciting, you know. The expectation of the moment, waiting for the match to begin... Yolanda Maria, whom you just heard, was the one who had the idea to put the team together. The whole city was there to pay yeah. respect, and it was the, the was talk normal. of the town, you know, das in the Vespasiano loquimia circles loquimia at the town center e at family, to family dinners. Parents didn't accept Me that stuff, but it turned out that the, the women went up to them and said that they were going to play, and they played. This is Buão. He was a striker for Atlético Mineiro and Corinthians teams and was the brother of two of the best female players Vespasiano. He ticked off the women's match against Oficina. The stadium was packed. There was press coverage and everything. But then it attracted the authorities, who showed up to close down the illegal activity. Those are just a few of the stories. There were also a housemaids team organized by Clarice Pereira da Silva from the city of Jaú and intramural teams from the city of Bauru, both in the state of São Paulo. There was also the Anu and Aurora teams from the state of Maranhão, the players of Decididas in Mesquita, Rio de Janeiro. Scores of women who defied the law by f- playing football. Throughout the time of the ban, Brazil was not represented by any official national women's team. Can you imagine how many stars could have represented our country in these 40 years? More about our late coming women's national team in the next room. Join me.